Hello and welcome everyone to Eclectic NW Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Briggs. I hope all of you are having a lovely Wednesday. And since Tuesday, we've had some lovely cloudy weather here in the Northwest, which is a complete relief considering all the wildfires that are tormenting the West Coast right now. I apologize if my voice sounds a little shaky. I've been talking way more than I'm used to lately and it's really throwing me off. But today I said that we were going to discuss toxic adult child and parent relationships and I think this is really important and especially relevant in my life right now considering that some things that are going on between my parents and I are in some ways pretty toxic and there's certain boundaries I've had to set recently um, which I think is really important with your parents. As adults, especially if you are a part of the millennial generation, setting boundaries with our parents is kind of a new thing in adulthood. We never really did it as children. Children were more or less better seen rather than heard as we were growing up and that was normal, especially that's how our parents were raised, that's how their parents were raised and so on, so setting boundaries is something that we don't often think about. But it's extremely important as an adult to tell your parents what you're comfortable with, what you're not comfortable with, and being an adult, they really have no place telling you what to do anymore at all. So making sure you have strict, consistent boundaries in place for where they are allowed to give their opinion or where they shouldn't and so on. So that's what we're going to be discussing today. I want to put a disclaimer here saying that I am not a licensed mental health professional or any sort of licensed professional at all. Everything that I discuss in these episodes are based off of either what I have learned in my college experience thus far or in my own life experience. So the way that I want to start out this episode is with an example that we can unpack from. So you can get a clear picture of what a toxic adult child and parent relationship looks like. Just so everyone knows, the people that I am going to be depicting in this example are purely fictional and if they actually belong to anyone in the really real world, it is strictly coincidental. Now, John has been dating Sarah for a very long time and they are planning to get married. Sarah has had a lot of difficulty, especially with John's mother. Um, John has always come to his mother for advice. She has been there for everything. She has made sure that he has done what he was supposed to do in school, gotten good grades, went to the right college, so on and so forth. Now the problem that Sarah is experiencing with her soon-to-be mother-in-law is that she spends too much time at their home. She comes over unannounced often and has now decided that she is going to be in charge of Sarah and John's wedding. Sarah has brought this up to her fiance John and John has completely brushed it off because John is dependent upon his mother. He has counted on her for everything and this is causing a rift between Sarah and John before their wedding. And one night it erupts, Sarah leaves, John calls his mother completely distraught. Um, John's mother responds by consoling him and saying that Sarah is completely in the wrong, that um, she's not to blame, Sarah is to blame, and the wedding shouldn't go on. 
Now, because John is heavily emotionally dependent on his mother, he is actually taking this advice to heart. So he hangs up the phone with his mother. He contacts Sarah and says that if you can't accept my mom, you can't accept me. This relationship can't go on. Now, this is just one very brief example of a toxic adult child and parent relationship. Obviously, John is way too emotionally dependent upon his mother and this has completely destroyed a very good relationship with a woman that he presumably loved and this is a great example on where boundaries need to be set. For one, as an adult, you shouldn't be so heavily emotionally dependent upon your parents and as parents, they should not be that emotionally invested in every part of their child's life. There's certain points where parents need to take a step back and allow their child to grow as an individual. As a parent, if you do not allow your child to grow as an individual as they are in their developmental stages in childhood and through adolescence especially when they're trying to figure themselves out and they're going through the biggest changes um, emotionally, physically, and even spiritually in some respects. They are discovering who they are, they're discovering what they want to do for the rest of their lives, they may not have it figured out. Having a parent too heavily invested during those points, those pivotal points in a child's life can set them up for failure initially. You're not allowing them to grow as an individual, you're not allowing them to make mistakes. You have to let them develop as a person or they're not going to know what to do in adulthood when they're out in the world where the world doesn't love you like your parents love you the world doesn't accept you as your parents accept you so it's extremely important for a child to be incredibly comfortable with who they are and knowing themselves as much as they can before they go out into the world so that they have that confidence they have that built-up self-esteem and the world won't immediately break them. And I'm not saying that parents shouldn't show emotional support to their kids. Of course parents should show emotional support to their kids. Like love is a prime language that we all speak and it is incredibly important for parents to be emotionally supportive of their children, but being too involved in their personal lives can be extremely toxic because they are not miniature versions of us as parents. They are individuals. We cannot live through our kids. It is not good for us and it's not good for our children. It is important to, even as parents, to set those boundaries and say, hey, I'm going to be here for you, but I also want you to learn. I want you to make mistakes. I want you to learn from those mistakes and grow as a person. It's going to set them up so much better for adulthood than if you are a helicopter around your child. If you um, emotionally bandage everything that hurts them and they, they won't learn how to recover when they're emotionally damaged and it's incredibly important for a person especially in adolescence and childhood to learn individually how to recover from that without someone picking them up and saying like hey i got this you don't need to worry about it no it's it's important to learn it's important to recover from it or you just you can't grow as a person otherwise 
Now being too overly emotionally invested and a part of your kids' life is just one example. Now another example is when a child is financially dependent on their parents throughout their life, of course. I mean, you have to take care of your kids. It's kind of what we do as parents. But as they enter adulthood, when a child is still financially dependent on that parent, when that parent uses that financial dependence as a way to manipulate their child to do what they want them to do is another form of a toxic relationship. And this is either where the parents can set boundaries and say, hey, I'll financially help you, but you also need to help yourself. Or where the child can set a sort of goal and say, hey, I need your help to this point, but if you're gonna start telling me what I can and cannot do, even as an adult, then I'm just gonna have to make my own way and pull myself from this relationship. Because as parents, financially helping your adult children, especially as broken as the economy is right now, there are so many millennials and Gen Zers that heavily rely on their parents financially because apartments are way too expensive, it's almost impossible to buy a house, and everything costs way more than what our wages are paying us. And if we need financial help from our parents, it does not give our parents complete access to control our lives. That is an extremely toxic relationship, that is extremely toxic behavior for anyone financially supporting your children does not give you the right to dictate their lives and the more obvious toxic relationships between adult children and their parents would of course be mental abuse emotional abuse physical abuse um, things like that that are pretty self-explanatory mental and emotional abuse is a lot harder to spot because it comes off in more of behavior of the person being abused and physical abuse of course is a lot easier to spot especially if you have let's say a son and a father that constantly brawl whenever he goes over and for example that father is an alcoholic that's going to cause a lot of violence in a home and those are examples of toxic relationships with an adult child and their parents so further on, as adults, it's incredibly important to set boundaries with your parents if they're helping you in any way, emotionally, financially, um, and so on. It does not give them a right to dictate your lives. It does not give them a right to butt into your business. It does not give them the right to tell you what to do. You are an adult with your own decisions. No matter if they're helping you or not, you need to make sure that you set clear and consistent boundaries and you share them. You communicate. Communication is so important in any relationship and any spousal relationship, partner relationship, child parent relationship. It, it doesn't matter any relationship even friendships communication is key to a lasting and positive relationship now i want to break from the adult child and parent relationships and the toxicity that it can cause and go into actual spousal or partner or even friendship kind of toxic relationships so i'll start off with an example again and then we can unpack from that now continuing to use sarah and john as an example so sarah and john have been dating for five years five and a half if you actually ask sarah and throughout those five years sarah and john's friends have noticed that john's behavior has drastically shifted into a more recluse sort of quiet and timid 
kind of behavior. It's very strange for him. He always seemed like a very extroverted, outgoing guy, super nice, easiest to get along with, really funny. And in the past couple of years, John has displayed very strange and out of character behavior. One night, John's friends come over unannounced, just surprise him and hopefully take him out on the town. And John answers the door. He's really uncomfortable. He's even bordering on the point of being kind of frightened. And then Sarah comes out of the back room and she seems really buoyant, really friendly, asks why the guys are there. They say they want to take John somewhere just to get him out of the house. And she turns to John. John kind of slinks back and she says, well, that sounds like a great idea. You should definitely do that, John. And John looks at her, looks at his buddies, and he just vigorously shakes his head no. And then he asks his friends to kindly leave, like it's really late, they don't need to be here, and then his friends leave. Now his friends see this as incredibly strange behavior, like he doesn't even want to go anywhere, he is having trouble making eye contact, he seems like he doesn't want to make Sarah mad, and this just throws up a whole bunch of red flags for John's friends. One of John's friends confronts him about it one day and John lashes out angrily. He starts screaming at his friend, says that we're not friends anymore, we're not going to hang out anymore, I can't do this, we, we can't be around each other anymore, and then John completely cuts off communication with all of his friends and his friends don't hear anything from him for three or four months. It isn't until his friends get a phone call from John's mother saying that John is in the hospital, he suffered a major concussion, and they find out the truth that Sarah has been abusing John physically and emotionally. She constantly throws stuff at him. She talks down to him on a consistent basis, tears his self-esteem way down and all this other stuff. And he is in the hospital with a concussion because she drove their car off the road and hit a tree during an argument and she intentionally tried to murder John. Now this is an extreme example of a toxic relationship. Sarah is obviously a physical abusive individual, she's an emotionally abusive individual, and more than likely a narcissistic individual. But this example is a prime example of one of the worst types of toxic relationships that can almost literally take the life of another person. But a lesser version of a toxic relationship could be in forms of manipulation, gaslighting, of course, emotional abuse, where they're constantly talking down to you, uh, they call you names consistently. It's just everything that someone that says that they love you wouldn't do. And you know that someone that loves you wouldn't do this. You, we want the best for people that we love. We don't want to tear them down and manipulate them. So it's really important in the beginning of any relationship, be it a friendship, a partnership, um, a marriage, and any sort of relationship to set boundaries and communicate with your partner or your friend saying that hey this behavior that you're expressing is making me uncomfortable I can't handle it and if you don't want to change it I can't be around you there's certain toxic behaviors that it's just really important for people to cut ties with certain people that have certain characteristics that they likely won't change from, be it manipulative behaviors, 
uh, people that talk down to you, people that talk about you to other people in a negative way, spread malicious rumors, things like that. So clearly setting boundaries at the beginning of these relationships is going to save you so much time, so much effort. Your red flags will spring up immediately, especially because you'll be looking for them. And I know this sounds awful going into a new relationship, like, oh, I have to be worried about all of these things, all these red flags, I gotta look out for all of this stuff. It's not supposed to be scary, it's just to protect you. I've been through some extremely toxic relationships and, and even friendships especially. And it's just really important to set those boundaries and clearly communicate with someone that you're building a relationship with, especially an emotional relationship, that this is what I'm not going to tolerate. And you need to clearly state that. People can't read your mind. You have to let them know this is what you are not comfortable with. And if you cross this boundary, then I'm going to end this relationship because you're not respecting me. Now, boundaries are in place because that is how you feel respected. And if people are gonna cross those boundaries, they're disrespecting you. They're blatantly disrespecting you and they don't need to be in your life anyway. Now for the example of Sarah and John, people are not always going to display those timid, introverted sort of behaviors when they're being emotionally or physically abused. They can still be outgoing, they can still be extroverted because depending on someone's resilience, to a situation is going to determine how that person's actually going to react or change during that situation. There's some things that you'll be able to notice no matter someone's resilience if they're being emotionally or physically abused because there's certain things they're going to change and if you're really close to that person you're going to notice those differences and those red flags. So it's always important to keep your eyes open for those differences and the people that you love. As minor as they may be, they are differences from their normal character or their normal behaviors. And that is always important to bring up if you find it suspicious or concerning. Now we're only 18 minutes in, but there's also something that I really wanna touch base on, especially in spousal or partner relationships that involve children. Another toxic behavior that can be displayed is especially in spousal or partner relationships where children are involved, where a parent is using that child to manipulate the other parent or even to punish the other parent is a clear toxic relationship, not only for the partner or the spouse, it is also extremely toxic and traumatic for that child. And I have had a few people in my life that have actually done this to people I care about or even to their spouses or their partners. People I'm related to have actually done this and I do not find it to be okay in the slightest. It is extremely toxic. I will never agree with it. And no parent should. You should never use your children to manipulate your partner, ever. That is not what children are for. That is, uh, that is emotional abuse. Not only for the child is that traumatic because you're sitting there telling lies or falsehoods about that spouse or parent or even talking to your children in a negative way about your spouse. It's, it's just not something I would recommend doing. You don't do that to your children because your children will see for themselves which parent 
is actually doing what's wrong. As children grow, they pay attention their whole lives. So even if you don't think that they're paying attention to you, they are paying extremely close attention. So no matter what you do, no matter what you say to them, they're going to see the truth eventually. So any sort of spouse or partner that uses their child to manipulate or even punish their other partner is that's that is an extremely toxic behavior it is a toxic quality and it is not okay now that we've sp spent 20 so minutes discussing toxic traits behaviors and just toxic relationships in general i just want to thank all of you for being here and listening to these episodes it really means a lot to me because i have so much that i want to share with everyone and i think having this podcast is going to allow me to do that so any support any listening i appreciate all of it you are greatly appreciated i cannot say it enough but i'm gonna end this podcast here i know i said last week that it'd be about 45 minutes but i don't think we need to bring it to 45 minutes and i bet everyone would appreciate not being 45 minutes if you have any questions for me you can always message me on my twitter or even my facebook it's all under at eclectic nw media and being a small startup podcast, I'm really excited to hear from listeners. And just if you have any questions that you really want me to do a show about, I would love to do that. So just be sure to contact me either through Twitter or through Facebook. And it's at Eclectic NW Media. Now that is all for this episode. I hope you all have a lovely Wednesday and the rest of your week and weekend. Remember to take time for yourself and try and have as good a day as possible and even if you're having a bad day remember tomorrow can always be better and to keep your head up and know that you are amazing and you're important and that you should always continue to grow and transform as a person now in closing this is eclectic nw media and i am your host jess briggs and i will see you soon